Everything that I do in this entertainment space is about that. It's about how do we create that equity? How do we create the ability for creators of color to tell and own their stories and participate in the value that their stories bring to the world? That's why I'm excited about entertainment and content and so forth. It's about that. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there, and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to show your value, turn up the volume, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, I cannot believe that it is already February, but we are celebrating a Lead With Your Brand new year because we've got our next step of the Lead With Your Brand system, which is all about keeping up your your image. And speaking of image, we've got an amazing guest who is going to join us today, which is Keisha Boyd, the executive director for multicultural video and entertainment at Comcast. Before Keisha comes on, let's talk about this next step in your challenge. Because once you've created your brand that you've been doing all through January, you have got to keep up that image. Now, one of the best ways to keep up your image is to have a brand filter. So what is a brand filter, you're asking? Well, you know what? Great brands have a filter that everyone on the team runs their decisions and the way that they package things through. Now, I will tell you, years ago when I worked at Bravo, when they were first becoming the pop cultural zeitgeist network, they created a brand filter that was all about making sure that all of their shows, all of their advertising, all of their promotions stayed on brand. And they said things like, yes, obviously our table stakes are that we have to have, you know, compelling characters and interesting storylines. But right after that, they said we need to have LGBTQ characters because that was a key part of staying on brand. Then they said we have to have smart and sophisticated upscale locations. That's why you always saw Top Chef in really cool, awesome cities and the same for the real housewives. So I want you to create your own brand filter. If you go to leadwithyourbrand.com slash new year, you can get your brand filter worksheet that is going to help you do this. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do, and the worksheet will help you out. I want you to think about the last year. Think about going all the way back to January 1st, 2021. What are three or four projects that you hit out of the ballpark? You would say these are your signature projects. They have your thumbprints and your DNA all over them. Once you come up with those three or four, then I want you to peel the onion, which I know you've done before, and ask yourself, what's the secret sauce? What are the commonalities and the things that you brought to those projects that 
made them signature for you. From there, you're going to be able to create a brand filter that are those actionable and repeatable behaviors that you can put on every single project that you get. This is going to allow those projects to be defined as your brand in addition to whatever is asked from you. Now, here's the great thing about your brand filter. That brand filter certainly helps you out on those super exciting projects that you're excited for and are right in your wheelhouse, but sometimes you're asked to do some projects that maybe don't feel quite on brand for you. Well, hopefully your brand filter helps you identify ways to push back, push back with your manager or your internal stakeholders, because maybe it's not the right project for you. Or better yet, it's going to allow you to identify what is the secret sauce? What is that magic that you need to add onto that project to make sure that that doesn't become a boring old coffee project? Instead, it's a super premium branded project that has your name written all over it. Well, I am super excited for today's guest. It is Keisha Boyd, who is the Executive Director for Multicultural Video and Entertainment at Comcast NBC Universal. Now, she leads content strategy across all Comcast platforms centering Black, Latino, Asian American, and international audiences. She has pioneered several first-of-its-kind content initiatives, most notably including Comcast's first ad supported video service engaging black viewers. Keisha is a proven and purpose-driven leader who holds two master's degrees from Columbia University focused on race, culture, and organizational behavior. I'll be back in just a few moments with Keisha Boyd. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am here with a fabulous guest today. It is Keisha Boyd, who is the Executive Director of Multicultural Video and Entertainment at Comcast NBC Universal. Keisha, what is going on? Jason! Everything is going on. I'm excited to be here with you today. (laughs) Oh, well, I am dying to talk to you about all of the things you're doing and all of the cool things that have gone on in your career. But but kick us off. What are the exciting things that are happening over at Comcast? I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a ton going on. And, you know, as we speak, we're gearing up for Black History Month. So there's quite a lot. Yes, there is quite a lot, um, you know, kind of on on the docket, if you will, in celebration of Black History Month. You know, my team, um, you know, is focused on all things content and really connecting in with the Black creative community. So I'm excited about some of the deals we have bubbling, some of which, you know, I can't talk about yet, but excited Ooh. to, uh, you know, to, to bring some of that to to our platform and and just really celebrate content and creators and yeah. yeah. 
And so talk to me if, if, you, if someone's sitting at home and they've, they've got Xfinity and they're talking into their remote, what should they do to find all of this great content for Black History Month? Ah, yes. So first thing is, if you've got a remote, you can just say Black Experience into your voice remote. Um, and that'll take you to a full, expansive menu, Jason, of really just all the content on our platform that basically super serves and really focuses on Black culture and identity. Um, it'll include all of our originals, all of our independent content. We've, we've curated the largest independent Black film library um, on demand. So all of that content is there. We've got an HBCU collection. We've got Black Ooh. History 24-7. There's music. There's streaming content. I mean, you name it. And the, the idea really is to sort of bring together all of the best from every corner of every possible network streaming provider, um, along with licensing content for free. So there's a lot that'll be available for free, too. Well, that is awesome. So you have one of the coolest jobs in the world. So so tell me, Keisha, I know you like you are a good networker. When you first meet people, how do you explain to them what it is that you do and, and who you are? Oh, wow. What I do and who I am. Those are two really good questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'll so I'll take them separately. I'll say when people ask me what I do, I say that I lead the team that's responsible for super serving cultural audiences, Black, Latino, Asian American, international, um, all of our cultural audiences, the entertainment and content that they love. My team is responsible for content strategy, editorial strategy, programming strategy, connecting with film festivals, um, connecting with creative communities, and bringing all that content across all the video platforms that Comcast Xfinity um, delivers. Now, when someone asks me who I am, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> and then uh, who I am is, you know, a really just I'm a purpose driven leader, Jason. And, you know, I always start with telling people that I'm a builder. Ooh, I'm a builder. If there is something that hasn't been done and you need someone to craft a vision to get it done, I'm the person for it. Wow. If if there's something that has been done, it needs to be torn down and rethought. That's me. Wow. Right. Um, if it's a path that hasn't been traveled and somebody needs to raise their hand to do that thing. Those are the things that excite me. Sign me up for those things, <laughs> <laughs> which is really just characterized my career for the most part. I've been that person yeah. who sort of raises my hand for those things and it's, it's paid off. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your, your career, Keisha, when you look back over the years, what have been some of those moments that were really big career breakthrough moments for you where mm -hmm. Where you just thought, wow, I've gotten to the next level or I'm I'm really doing something new and exciting and different or on purpose, as you said. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, probably the one of the biggest career breakthroughs that I had, Jason, was shifting from the administrative side of the business to the content yeah. entertainment side of the business. And yeah. that was a big shift. That was probably my second biggest shift. The first big shift was shifting from being a therapist <laughs> to coming to corporate America, which is something I never thought I would do. <laughs> I always right? thought I would just hang out a shingle, be a therapist, see my clients. And I did that for a while, Jason. I did that for yeah. a while in, in parallel with a corporate career. And then little by little, my corporate career started to take off. So I said, you know what? Let me, let me pause the therapy for a second. 
um, and focus a little bit here. And so I started my career, corporate career, focused on organizational development, change management, um, which, as you know, lived kind of under that HR and administrative umbrella for for quite some time. And and that was fantastic. A lot of systems implementation and consultative work within the companies that I worked for. And then at some point, I started to realize that what I wanted was to merge these two sides of myself, right? There was the side of myself that was interested in driving business results and then another side of myself that had been deeply steeped in studying race and culture and cultural identity and loving entertainment and content. I was yeah. already digging into like understanding the media consumption habits of black women and me and my best friend that stood up a, a digital magazine at one point. And yeah. so I was finding that I was doing a lot of this on the outside as a hobby, a passion project. And then at some point, um, I realized that I wanted to merge that and I wanted to bring that passion into Comcast and um, and I wanted to find a way to a way to do that. And that was that was a huge shift because it required me to really get honest with myself about, all right, is what you're doing currently ringing your bells? And if it isn't, <laughs> you got to make a change. And yeah. yeah, you know, and really thinking through, OK, what could that change be and how can I make sure it's a change that is valuable and beneficial to the business, but also, you know, connects with my core values, my core passion, what I think I can show up my best as. Um, And that was probably my, the biggest breakthrough, jumping from that side of the business to this side of the business. Yeah. And so Keisha, I love that you, you talk about it. If something's not ringing your bells, like you've got to make a change. And I hear that from people all of the time. But what holds people back is sort of this this fear, right? So talk to me, how how did you get over those voices that were saying, no, you're an OD person, like you're, you're a talent systems person and and let you go and jump to the side of the house that, I mean, quite frankly, in the business, content people are kind of poo-poo people on the <laughs> business side sometimes, right? Like, right. how did you make that transition? Yeah, yeah. Um Wow, you hit so many, so many relevant notes there. I would say it started with me, first of all, being okay with recognizing that, all right, I probably I'm I probably don't know everything I need to know about the side of the house I'm trying to shift to. So what am I comfortable with allowing? for with with regard to this shift. So for example, um, I was okay with making a lateral move, Jason, right? Yeah. Um, And that was the that was a important piece for me, because I recognized that while I had built up deep expertise in the area that I had been in for several years, um, I was coming to a side of the business where I had passion, I had a lot of interest, I had a lot of raw talent, but I didn't have proven expertise in it yet. And so I was willing to give myself the grace to learn that um, and to carve out a space that I could feel super confident in. So I think that's Mm. part of getting over that fear is, is starting with, you know, recognizing that, all right, I'm going to be a bit, a little bit of a fish out of water for a second. And, and I'm going to be okay with that. And I'm going to set up systems so that I can make that, that learning curve, a short journey. <laughs> and part of, part of making it a short journey is 
getting clear on what's the space that you want to hone in on. Where do you want to mm. become a subject matter expert? And for me, it was around understanding those consumption habits of black consumers. And yeah. I made it my business to dig in on every piece of data that I could possibly dig in on to understand the community. Now, obviously I'm part of the community, but it's important to, you know, whatever it is, whatever craft you're in to understand the data behind it. Right. And so for yeah. me, that meant digging in that meant, you know, reading the trades that meant working with people around the company who had access to different data points that helped me study so that I could better learn what we were doing well, what we, what, where we had opportunity, um, what did I need to know? What, uh, you know, if you, if you look at each community as a little bit of a, a bell curve when it comes to content interests, you know, what are the common content interests that we have? What are the more fringe content interests? What, where are the gaps? Right. And, um, and then what can we do to super serve this audience in a way that we maybe hadn't been before? And I, and, and essentially, what that was, was me finding a way to carve out that space of expertise so that I could start to build yeah. up the confidence, Jason, yeah. right? So it, yeah. that confidence starts to overshadow whatever bit of fear you had in the beginning about making the jump to begin with. Yeah. And and so I love that you said you had to make the space to give yourself grace to, to make that transition. How did you help other people give you grace when they were thinking she doesn't got this street cred here. You know, she, she doesn't come from, from this world. H how did you, how did you tackle kind of the external part of making that change? Yeah. yeah. You know, I honestly think it started with, you know, you got to put numbers up, right? You got, you mm. got to have some W's on the board before you start <laughs> asking people, Hey, can you give me a chance on that thing over there? Yeah. And that's really where it started. It started by already coming in with a reputation of being able to deliver be excellent in the thing that you're doing now and yeah. use that as your, essentially your on-ramp, right? To say, hey, listen, you, you've seen the kind of work I can do. You've seen the W's I put up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so for me, that was, that was a large part of how I evangelized for myself, um, you know, with senior leadership and, and with folks who were on that side of the house was to say, you know, um, uh, here are the things that I'm great at, right? Being clear about your transferable skills. Here's here's what I know I can do well and how I think it can apply to this new space, right? Um, yeah. And and for me, that was that was probably the biggest kind of inroads, you know, building on your existing reputation and and helping to translate what those transferable skills are that you think yeah. can be applied, yeah. Yeah, so Keisha, talk to me a little bit about your brand. Give me three words that that describe Keisha Boyd. Oh boy. Um, well, I will start with authentic. Yeah. I it, yeah, authenticity is a big, big, big one for me. Probably stems from having started out as a therapist. You sort of have no choice but to <laughs> lean into authenticity, <laughs> uh, or you'll have this your own kind of internal dialogue. Um, so authenticity is a big one. Um, the other I would say is I am, I am wildly optimistic about the, I'm just wildly optimistic about getting things done. Meaning yeah. what's a better way to put that? I am edit note here. Um, <laughs> I am, I would say the best way to put it is I'm authentic. I am 
wildly optimistic about what's possible. Mm. And then the third would be builder. You know, I'm that person who is who is envisioning what can be built from whatever that blank space is where we need something built, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, those are the yeah. three things I would say. So I love that authentic, uh, wildly optimistic about what's possible and a builder. Now, talk to me a little bit about authenticity, right? Because it's almost like this word that everyone throws around, right? Like, oh, I'm authentic, I'm authentic. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how do you show up as your best authentic self? What, yeah. what does that look like for you from a work perspective? Oh, yeah. It looks a few ways. One, it looks like when you see me in one room with executives or you see me in a room with my peers, my demeanor, my my humor, um, how I show up is consistent. Mm. So that's the first thing. I think the other thing that colors authenticity for me is, especially at work, um, I own my, I own the moment when there are emotions or conflict or difficult conversation that needs to be had. I don't dance around those moments, right? Um, There's sort of these, these moments of truth, I think. Um, I run headfirst into them, Jason. And by that, I mean, um, I could, I'll tell you a story. There was a time where, um, I, I worked at a company where there was a there was a woman who was sort of known for having a really, really assertive, read aggressive personality. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and everyone just sort of moved around her. They sort of let her operate the way she operated and, and everyone kind of moved around her. And there were times where she was, um, um, you know, she had hurt, hurt, hurt some people's feelings, maybe wasn't wasn't the most uh, wasn't the most pleasant, whatever the case may be. And I remember I was new to the company at that time and I had a conversation on the phone and um, with this person and we were in the middle of a conversation. I was calling her on the carpet about a particular incident that had happened and someone said, you need to talk to her about it. Right. So I call her up. By the way, she's a two, three levels above me. So so this yeah. was a conversation that I, I knew I needed to handle delicately and that sort of thing. Anyway, fast forward, I have the conversation with her. She did not appreciate me bringing to her this <laughs> issue at all. So much so, Jason, that she hung up the phone in my face, okay? Ooh, okay, yeah. <laughs> she hung up the phone in my face, and I remember in that moment thinking, well, first of all, thinking, I thought she did not just hang up the phone in my face. <laughs> um, and And here's what I mean in terms of authenticity. I didn't let that slide. I didn't let that you know, go, who I am at my core is someone who addresses those kinds of things head, head, you know, head first. And so uh, she was in a different building. So I hopped in my car. I drove right over to her building, knocked right on her door. And we sat down and we had a good conversation, Jason. And the way that I addressed it with her was, you know, um, I think we got disconnected. So I thought I'd come over so that we can just chat this through. Is you know we need each other in this environment, and I want to make sure that me and my team are here to support you. Um, and so I figured maybe it's maybe it would be good if we could start fresh in person. And it was just that moment. From there on, Jason, we 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 were like besties. <laughs> but it took me being authentic in that moment, right, to address yeah. her, to do what I would normally do. So to me, authenticity at work is doing what you would doing what you would, staying true to yourself, 
Does that yeah. make sense? Like staying yeah. true to yourself. And so, um, so that's how it shows up for me whenever there are difficult conversations or, um, you know, any sorts of moments where, um, you know, it, it's, it's called for to sort of call it like it is, tell it like it is. I'm, yeah. I am all for that and I'm skilled at doing it thanks to having been a therapist for quite some time. And so I make sure that I do that with, you know, my leadership team, with my peers and with my team. I encourage yeah. candor. I encourage people to to be open, to be honest. And if I see someone is struggling with giving me feedback or being open and honest, or I feel like they're maybe not telling me everything, I'll call that out too, right? Yeah. And you don't have to call people out in a rude or or you know assertive way, but you can you can say to a person, hey, it's it's okay to tell me if if what I said you know didn't align with what you were expecting or. You know, it's okay if you've got feedback for me that, you know, isn't the most positive. I can take it, right? Sometimes people just need a road in. And yeah, yeah you know, and so for me, that's that's also part of authenticity. Yeah, and it sounds like you you choose to call people out by giving them the grace and the space to have a dialogue and a conversation, yes. right? In the same way that you talked about giving yourself the grace to to transition into something new. Yes, yes, for sure. For sure. So Keisha, talk to me. How do you show up as wildly optimistic, right? As an executive, as a leader, right? At a huge company. How is it that you show up at work as wildly optimistic? What does that yeah. look like? Yeah, I'll tell you how it looks. It looks like me. I am I am the person who is most likely going to pitch a new business case to do a thing we hadn't done before. And um and to stand it up in a record time. Um, so I'll give an example. Yeah. <laughs> Just last year, we stood up a brand new channel called Black Experience Channel. And yeah. we, as a company, had never stood up our own ad-supported, like, AVOD channel on yeah. our cable platforms. And, um, you know, essentially just saw an opportunity you know, pitch the opportunity, work with folks to find the right data to get to pull it together and and pitched it. And it was it's a big idea, Jason, right? It's a big idea to mobilize engineering teams, content teams, legal acquisition teams, marketing to essentially mobilize all corners of the business to stand up a thing in under six months. But for me, those sorts of big swings are exciting. And yeah. so, you know, I think for me, the way it shows up at work is just finding those those moments to take a big swing at a thing and mm. galvanizing other people to get excited about it, too. That's that's how it looks. And yeah. so I love those moments. You know, I live I live for those moments where you can rally the group around. Let's go do this thing. Let's make yeah. this thing happen. Or what's what's the problem that needed to be solved and nobody's figured out a way to solve it yet? Or mm. everyone has come up with all the ways we can't solve it. I'm the one who's thinking, okay, this this problem is solvable. Let's just figure out a few different ways to do it. And I like I, I will be the person who signs up to take that first big swing. Um, and maybe in some cases take the second swing if the first swing didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the wildly optimistic. I'm like, one of these swings that's is going to work. That's the wildly part, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one of these swings is going to work. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I love that you talked about, you know, part of your brand is being a builder. What is one of the hardest things that you've built? Well, besides that channel. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
you know what? Building a functioning organization, you know, before oh, yeah. I came out to um, Philadelphia, one of the one of the biggest things I had to build was a, a highly functioning learning and development team for the largest region for the company. And yeah. I was new to it. So here I was again, right, stepping into something that I didn't know. I wasn't a, an L&D person per se, but I was someone who knew how to lead. Right. I knew how mm-hmm. to assess talent. Um, I knew how to build and make a thing happen. And so coming into a team of over 50 people and figuring out how do we get this thing humming when everybody here is saying that this is where the issue is, this is where the problem is. How do I diagnose what the real issue is and create um, you know, a successful organization and motivate a team of people who were feeling you know, not so motivated? That yeah. was probably the probably one of the biggest, most challenging things I, I had done um, in previous, in, previously in my career. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed seeing that team thrive. I enjoyed seeing the team be able to, you know, participate in the success of the region once they started thriving, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your brand and when it hasn't worked for you, right? Mm. When we're confident on our brand, there's always those times that sometimes it doesn't jive with our stakeholders or or people on our team. What's been one of those tough times where you had to get some some feedback about your brand that that you had to hit the pause button and maybe do something different? I would say the flip side of being wildly optimistic about what's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Is, you know, when overused, uh, that skill can show up as being, um, uh, as leaning in on being directive, right? And, um, and, and so I think I can, I can recall a time in my career where I was super exuberant about pushing forward on a particular goal and, you know, getting feedback that, okay, Keisha, (laughs) (laughs) this isn't working it's time to pull up and try a different approach and I remember what it required me to do was to lean more on like my collaboration skills lean more on you know pulling from the group about what the direction ought to be instead of just leaning on all right I see the path. Everybody charge the hill right (laughs) um and so you know and that was something that um that I learned um, right at a pivotal point in my career because I was starting to elevate from being a like regional divisional resource to being a more corporate resource. And, and that was a big, a big shift, right? You needed to, if you wanted to be able to build strong relationships and relationships that were going to be fruitful, you know, you can't always come in there with the, with the hammer, right? You got to, yeah, yeah, you know, and very often the hammer doesn't work. (laughs) So, you know, that was something that I think I learned (laughs) Well, a little bit when I was a little bit junior in my, in my career, but it was helpful to get that that feedback early on and to recognize, you know, there's a time to be directive and 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 driven in a particular um, in a particular manner, such that you know you don't you don't want to kind of veer off course. Versus, um, you know, a time when consensus building is the more appropriate approach, you know. And so now I'm happy to say that that's part of, you know, my repertoire too, to kind of look around and say, all right, what's, what's this situation call for? Does it call for me to, you know, craft a strategy, craft a vision and move everybody in that direction? Or does it call for me to build a little bit of consensus here, figuring out, figure out what the direction ought to be, get that buy-in from everyone and then move the group forward? You know, it just depends. Yeah. And it's just a really great 
notion of how can I still lead with my authentic brand, but no, sometimes I need to turn the volume up and down on different elements exactly. of it, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. Turning that volume up and down. <laughs> now, Keisha, I love at the very beginning, you said you were purpose-driven. So talk to me, what do you see as your purpose? My purpose with regard to my career is yeah. to bring economic equity to communities of color in the entertainment yeah. industry. That's awesome. Full stop. And so everything that I do in this entertainment space is about that. It's about how do we create that equity? How do we create the ability for creators of color to tell and own their stories and participate in the value that their stories bring to the world? That's why I'm excited about entertainment and content and so forth. It's about that. And we're, you know, we're getting there, but we're not all the way there yet. Right, Jason? Yeah. And so anything I can do to help support that, that stuff just, that rings my bells. That's my purpose. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's what rings your bells. And you said that it's evolved over time. What are some of those shifts that have changed for you over time and what got you to where you are now as this champion and advocate and builder in the yeah. space? Yeah, I feel like my my purpose has shifted over time. Like in the beginning, when I was a therapist, my purpose was really about helping people to create better lives for themselves on an individual basis, right? And yeah. for me, I felt like I was a conduit to help them be able to achieve that. It's a very singular purpose, very specific and explicit to individuals that I interacted with. Mm -hmm. And then once I started to kind of grow in my career, the purpose shifted to okay, how do I, as an individual, bring value, you know, to this company? And my purpose was just all about bringing to bear all of the educational, you know, pedigree and those kinds of things to the table as best I could to just, you know, show up in a way that brought value, show up in a way that was reflective and representative of my community right? Make, make my family proud. You know, it was very, um, it had, it had grown from being this individual one-on-one -on -one purpose for people to this purpose of how can, how can I bring and sort of represent for me, my family within this corporate structure and space, um, you know, make good use of that, 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 uh, all that educational money. Um, and then at some <laughs> point <laughs> it shifted to, what can I do for the culture? Yeah. And and that's where I am now. That's where the economic equity and entertainment is um, comes into play. That's that's really where it is now. Yeah. So Keisha, I love that you are you build these networks, right? You're building products that go out that that people consume and you're thinking about how do I brand that? You talked about super serving the different audiences uh that that consume and 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 watch this content. What are some of those things that you do to really brand and package your channels, your networks, your your platforms that you think individuals could use on their own professional brand in their career? Ooh, okay. Well, um, you know, when you're packaging up a network, the first step is defining the identity. Like what's the yeah. identity of the channel? Um, who, who is it for? Who's the, who's the target audience? 
And so between understanding your identity, to me, I see that as like, how do you want to show up in corporate America, right? Yeah. How do you want to show up? How do you want people to perceive you? What's, what, what is that, um, um, you know, descriptor that uh, could be consistent across the board when anyone interacts with you? That's sort of the root of your identity. And then, um, you know, you know, morphing that into, all right, well, who's, who's your target audience, right? As you think about your career, yeah. where are you trying to grow to? What do you, what's, what's the level you're trying to get to? And if so, who's the audience you need to be in front of in order to make that happen, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's like, in my case, shifting from one side of the business to a completely different side of the business, I needed to be in front of content executives. I needed yeah. to be in front of networks and studios. I needed to be in front of the teams that interacted with networks and studios. So I can start to pick up that language. So I can start to, you know, show them what my identity was and, and what I was bringing to the table so that yeah. they would, you know, consider me, you know, in that, that sort of circle of, of experts in that way. And so I think it's important when you start to think about, you know, your career and your trajectory, who were you, who's the audience and, and what do you need to do to make sure that you're showing up in such a way that that audience receives you in the way you want to be received. Yeah, I love that, right? It's the intersection of who you are, but also who's consuming you, right? Yeah. Like, wh where's that great marriage there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Keisha, a couple of fun, uh, quick questions for you. We've been, we've been talking about all of these great brands that you've launched and certainly the Xfinity and the Comcast brand that, that you are a part of. What brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? What can't you live without? What are you obsessed with? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Where, where do I start? Jeez. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, I can't live without my iPhone. <laughs> I'm right. So let's just start there. I do love a Starbucks, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> my Starbucks coffee, my iPhone, I think that's that's probably it for me. Oh, and maybe, oh, actually, I do have an unhealthy obsession with um, my Nike sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> when you have them me in like too. eight different colorways, that's... That's probably, I would say those, that's a brand I'm committed to. Yeah, that's obsessed, <laughs> that's right? Obsessed. <laughs> You're like, I'll have one of each color. One um, of each color. <laughs> now, Keisha, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? So if I were a car, I, I can't say that I would be, I would, I would pick a particular brand as long as it was an SUV of some sort that allowed me to see <laughs> above everyone else. I'm happy. <laughs> Ah, and finally, Keisha, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? You know, something that I do for myself, and this is really every two and a half years, I, I check in with myself to see, am I doing the thing? Am I doing the thing that makes me feel the most excited, right? Mm. Am I, I said this earlier, am I doing the thing that rings my bells? Um, and I tell that to any of my mentees, like, check in with yourself. It's okay to change. It's okay to evolve. It's okay to check in and say, you know what? I'm not as enthused by this work as I once was, but you know what I am interested in? This. So how do I start crafting a plan to pivot to this next phase? Like, be okay with, you know, not sticking to this, a 10 year plan, 
right? Yeah. Like be, be okay and be open to evolving your interests. Um, and the way to, to stay on top of that evolution is to check in with yourself. So that's probably the best career advice I can give to anyone. You, you never want to be on autopilot with your career. Check in, make sure you're doing the thing you want to be doing. Do you feel like you're really, you know, you're, you're able to tap into your, 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 your best skills? Do you feel like you are um, adding value? Do you feel like you're learning and growing? And if you're not, that's a moment to, all right, what do I need to add to my repertoire to, to solve for that, to course correct for that, or to evolve into this new space that I feel like I want to be in? Well, Keisha Boyd, thank you so much for being wildly optimistic (laughs) and ringing our bells today. It was so great talking to you. It was great talking to you too, Jason. Thanks for having me. Of course. And everybody check out the Black Experience on Xfinity on Comcast. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing conversation with Keisha Boyd, the executive director for multicultural video and entertainment at Comcast. And what a great way to kick off Black History Month. So make sure that you check out all of the amazing work she and her team have curated for you on Comcast Xfinity, the Black Experience. You know, she had so many great things to share, but what really resonated with me was this whole notion of checking in and making sure that things are ringing your bells, right? You have got to make time to self-reflect and do a check-in, a temperature check with yourself. Is what you're doing the best use of your talents and your passions, and if it's not, go out and find that role within your company that is going to fill those things while meeting those great organization needs. Well, that's our show for today. Make sure that you visit leadwithyourbrand.com slash new year so that you can get your keep up your image brand filter worksheet so you can continue on our brand new year challenge. Plus, make sure that you're following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure that you get a brand new episode every single Tuesday. And check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms with tons of great tips and tricks on LinkedIn. And most importantly, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure in your career you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.